It <laughs> <laughs> happens when I talk to friends. <laughs> they haven't seen it in a really time and they have lots of life events that have happened to both of them. Right? It's true. <laughs> so. Oh, welcome to Zoo Notable. I'm PJ and I have such a fun and wonderful guest. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite people on the planet. Miranda Levi. Le uh, Miranda is a, a published author and uh, again, I've known, known them for, since the beginning of your <laughs> journey. You know, well, at least I feel like it was the beginning of your journey, but welcome Miranda and welcome to Zoo Notable. Thank you for having me. And it and definitely maybe not the beginning of the journey, but man, right in the thick of it when I was like committed to the journey. <laughs> yeah. So um Miranda is quite again quite prolific this past couple of years. You have four, five, four or five books out. I have um three novels and a poetry collection out right now. Yes, I knew that again. Poetry collection are in Orion's hand. Yes. Yeah, and then your three novels, which I just feel so honored to have been a part of all three of those. We have a tear in time um, from a fountain that used it or a used it flow. So that wasn't what the name of the title. So forgive me that if I get that wrong because that wasn't the name of the title when you wrote it. <laughs> It wasn't the name of the title when I was writing it. Um, <laughs> I just, I think I just called it Fountain. Yeah, I and I, I often still just refer to it as Fountain to my my close friends, you know, and my husband. I'm, I'm like, oh, no, Fountain, you know, and, it, and it, the title is My Youth, A Fountain Did Flow. <laughs> <laughs> From My Youth, A Fountain Did Flow. Yes, From youth. that is a great, that's a great, it is a great title. Again, it's a long title. <laughs> but uh, the other one that we're going to heavily discuss today is a very special. I, I really, really enjoyed this book. It's your newest one, Mona or or Mother Nature. And yeah, you've had quite a year. I mean, literally, <laughs> literally, like I like quite a year. I know you stay busy with with work, but you also Again, got uh, got books out, and you're working on this second, the second book to the Fountain um, series. I am. Oh, what's the what's the name of it? The Sea Withdrew. The Sea Withdrew. Perfect. I so this is going to be very exciting for me because I have zero clue what that book's about. I uh, <laughs> I have not I have not been involved with that one. So um, I will be getting my hands on that one pretty soon too, or whenever that one comes out. But yes. big, big news, if you want to share with our listeners. Oh, um, the I've been married four weeks now. Yeah. Slowly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's counting? Who's counting? Oh, no, no one's counting. <clears throat> no one's four counting. weeks and uh, like three days. <laughs> yeah. so congratulations. What a great you. year for you. It's been, yeah, you had the biggest smile on your face. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's a joy to see. So you, unfortunately, listeners can't see a beautiful face but i can see her beautiful face so <laughs> so i've known you for a a, a a little while yeah we we moved to Whidbey island in what was it 2016 and i'm just going to share this 
than my long story. I moved to Whidbey Island. One of the big draws to moving to Whidbey Island for us specifically was there was a big writing community. It was a uh, Whidbey Island Writers Association. We yes, it was. It was Whidbey Island. <laughs> as well, I as I'm sitting here going, why do I not know the name? Like I cannot pull it out of a hat right now. Um, but I think you're correct. I think you're right. One was Weewa, and so. That was the big draw for Whidbey Island. We had a lot of other choices, and that was the big draw for us was that there was a big writing community. Moved there, and a month later, I'm not to the day that we moved there. I get a letter. I joined the association. I get a letter a month after we moved. We were closing down Weewa. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think you along with a couple others were saying son of a bitch too because almost immediately i got connected with you sarah deb several several others throughout yeah. the whole island and we created the north sound writers yeah well i had been on Whidbey a little bit longer than you mm -hmm. um a couple of years but i had just been joining literally at the same time as you and I think I had just made contact with Deb and um, like Sarah uh, roughly that time. And I had met like Mike and, and we, you know, I'd met up, I think maybe twice. And I had heard that like this big organization, yeah, had, had, was no longer. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean for this? You know, and, and the, the group that I had been attending was going to continue just in that one location. And, and that's sort of where it spawned from. And I was like, well, I don't know if I would have, you know, like I would have loved to have branched out more, but I guess it isn't meant to be. And, you know, and then from there, really uh, the one that we were a part of was born and that was really lovely. Yeah. And I think honestly, my, my writing just like soared. I think it soared. I saw your writing soar. Totally. Um, so we would get together, folks, again, I don't know, two or three times a week almost. Yeah. Sit, one spot was once a week that we would just sit in one spot at, at Captain would be in in the middle of the island, and we would sit all day and write. It was just an all-day thing. We'd come in like around 10 in the morning and then leave at like 4 p.m. and just write. All day. It was amazing, especially yeah. when like – we had the ability to be there all day yeah. um and no my writing went from zero to 60 overnight by joining that group like I'd already been writing and working on my first novel mm -hmm. uh, I mean I'd been writing for like writing is the only thing I ever wanted to do right I'm from like the third grade uh but really sitting down and making the choice and the decision that like I don't just want to be a writer in this hypothetical way I want to be a writer and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do this thing. And so like that, I had made that decision, made that choice and was writing, like actively writing. And I'd been doing it just, um, just maybe a couple of months really. And I was sort of peeking around online going like, I want to reach out and get involved in a writer's group. Cause I think that that would make me better and, you know, getting connected. And I think I wrote three or four books while in that writer's group so yeah i know you at least wrote three because i was a part of three of those so i also want to let listeners know that can yes like there was a core of us that were there like 
six hours um, once a week. If that's not, if you don't have that kind of time, that's not, it doesn't matter. You can do it in 15 minutes a day or, you know, five minutes a day if you need to. My this husband is a writer and he only really writes for like 30 minutes on his lunch break at work, you know, every day, five days a week. And, and like, that's, that's where he gets most of his writing done. And it sounds like, well, that's not very much, but like, Ah, that's enough when you that's all you do if you do it every day it adds up I'm gonna kill myself trying to think of the author but there is a couple authors that wrote famous books at 15 minutes a day it took them a long time but they 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 finished it and they are there's fame they're famous authors that have done that so i don't want to put more pressure on anybody that wants to share the story oh my gosh you have to write for six hours a day or like go long into the night and go without sleep. I'm not talking about that. However, I will admit that having that group of writers just propelled my writing, propelled my storytelling, propelled my imagination in ways that I never thought possible. I, I, I don't even think I noticed it at the time. It wasn't until like a couple years into it, I'm like, I'm a better writer. Oh my gosh. So the other, and the part of that is, is because Miranda was also we were also critiquing our works. This is key having that that fellowship of writers Having that fellowship of people who have the similar goal. Maybe not the same exact goal You know, I was writing nonfiction Miranda's writing fiction can't remember what Deb and Mike were writing But yeah, we were all writing in poetry <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But we were all writing different things, but we had a common we had a common goal. We had a common, you know, uh, connection. No, it's, it's so true. And, and being willing, and this is probably one of the, the best pieces of advice that I can give anyone. Like you write when you can write, whether that's 15 minutes a day or, you know, it's, it's 15 hours a week. You, you do whatever you have the capacity for and that's enough. But the, the next piece is the willingness to share that with people and to accept that not everybody's going to love it. Mm -hmm. And if they can, if anybody can offer advice, be willing, like humble enough to accept and like to, to like soak in the red pen. It's not always going to be pretty. And sometimes that red pen is going to hurt and you're going to be like, no, like what? that line was perfect. But like, maybe if you give it a little time and you come back and you're like, wow, yeah, no, that probably could be better. And that's okay. And it doesn't necessarily have to be their way, but like, the ability to be open enough to be critiqued will make you a better writer, whether we're talking about grammatical or your story and how it shapes. Um, like having, yeah, having a critique group is so important in shaping, uh, which especially like me personally shaping me as a writer and like being able to even just provide feedback to other people, like learning how to, be both constructive and kind. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and, and again, so I'm also going to like loop this back to uh, to people who are not writers. So, like you know, like people who are listening are going like, "Well, I'm not writing a book. I, why should I care about this?" Again, I do. I have this firm belief that absolutely everyone on the planet has a really awesome story to share. So I I do implore you to like to just. Just think about that in, on one instance, but the critique uh, portion of, again, sharing these sometimes personal stories. And again, even if like 
once again, even if you're writing fiction, it's still personal, right? You still, you wrote it. It's very personal to the, the author and it's very personal to the reader as well. When you share these things and then you get that feedback, two things happen. One is I got better at giving feedback and I got better at receiving feedback. That's twofold. And this is a life lesson. This is not just a writing lesson. This has been just instrumental in me living living life is being able to give and take feedback in a very appropriate manner for, for both both parties. So <laughs> that being said. I'm over here nodding my head like yes. over here, like yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's 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 true. It, it applies in every way. I mean, you know, whether you're talking about like a relationship or you're talking about work, you know, we are humans and we need to communicate and this is one of the ways we do it. So that's again life lessons uh, from from writers. <laughs> Find a group of people and share and share things. that feedback. Be vulnerable. Yeah. So yeah, this is how we know each other. We know each other again. I would say intimately because we've shared our innermost secrets in our stories together I just have this like sudden homesickness <laughs> one day we'll be going back to woodby island and we will go back to captain woodby but let's let's go back to those stories that you have you have shared um one of my one of my favorites and i'm again so glad that you uh, brought it to life was your newest one mona and so this is mo and nah and so it's a play on, on the it's a teenager teenage name but also a play on mother nature you want to tell us a little bit about this story yeah <clears throat> so mona is poised to delete earth um <laughs> she's she's over it. I'm just going to read it for you. Can <laughs> uh, humans' capacity for love persuade Mona otherwise? Mother Nature is a YA, gamelet, coming-of-age story that explores sisterly bonds and the human capacity for love. Uh, when two sisters quarrel, humanity is on the brink of extinction. Mona, the logical scientist and creator of Earth, has been caught trying to destroy humankind yet again. Her sister, Penny, the passionate, impulsive creator behind humans, challenges her to live in a human's shoes and experience their emotions before she carries out her plans to delete the human race forever. So Mona takes Penny up on this challenge and um, goes and lives in a human's shoes and, and experiences what it's like to be on Earth and really see what humans have done to Earth firsthand. And it and it it pisses her off. <laughs> she's she's so angry. And so can humans, you know, like the compassion that they have for one another and, and can can love really turn things around for her and, and give human you know humanity a second chance. And so again, I got a chance to read this in two two forms. I got to read this in like a first draft form and then couple years later gosh it, i don't i don't want i don't even want don't don't let me know how many years because it makes me feel <laughs> and it makes me sad but a couple years later i got to read it in its fully published form so i was 
really touched both times. And yeah, so what I, again, so I'm just going to share what I found interesting about Mona is that I relate to Mona, even though I'm a human who lives on earth. I'm like, yes, Demona, just delete us. Just, just <laughs> start all over again. Uh, so I do relate to Mona on on several levels, uh, but at the same time, also, I was interested to see how. This is not a spoiler. I was interested to see how she was going to change her mind because that's that was kind of the gist in my mind as, as even from the first get go. I was like, how? How are you going to change? this logical person who I agree with needs to needs to destroy the earth. Um, how are we going to get her to change her mind? And it's a really, a really interesting story. Again, kind of weaves the emotions that we feel and the good and the bad, the good and the bad. And I think that's what I really appreciated so much about this is that, yes, things might seem pretty hopeless, but there is good. There is light. And there is hope for us, and again for you know each each individuals. Again, I kind of relate it to life again as well. If there's hope for the planet, there is. There is hope for the planet, folks. Again, that's the that's just the gist. There's hope for the planet. In our situation, there's hope for us. Whatever your situation is, I do believe there's hope. There's some bad stuff going on, but there is also some good, and you know. Finding that finding that harmony um, together can can again change your life and then again, as I've started saying, change the world, change your life, change the world. <laughs> yes, I like that. Yeah, the the so the adventures that that Mona goes on, and uh, you had a really interesting interesting interactions with Mona in different different capacities uh, throughout the throughout the story her interactions with with different humans but let's talk about the library for a minute <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> sure let's talk about the library <laughs> mona the creator of all living things except for humans walks in she wants to learn more about Humanity wants to learn more about uh, you know the emotion emotional journey. She walks into a library and Miranda, go ahead, take it away. What happens? Oh, it takes her about um, six seconds flat to realize that she's just walked into uh, what essentially is a building filled with corpses. And how horrific is that? Why would people go to this this graveyard for knowledge? Uh, she's absolutely horrified and at that point is ready to just be like, where's the delete button right there? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> she's, she's, she's had it. So I want to learn, and I don't know if anyone, what, what prompted you to make the library the like the set off point? Like, what was it about books? <laughs> what do you have about books there, Miranda? I know. I think maybe, um, like the juxtaposition, I think is what it was, because when I think about a library, I think about all the places that I can visit and all the places I can go and and all the places I have been and all of that like hope and and 
you know, I have so many fond memories, like going to the library for me was always an escape. And for Mona, like just being on earth is, you know, trapping. And the irony of it is because she's trying to build an escape. She is, she is actively building this, you know, this escapism, like we would a book. And so for her to go into this place that, you know, like I would find as, as a, as a place where I could, you know, we go and we, we covet knowledge or, or, um, you know, we find the latest fiction and um, we find, you know, great joy there. And she goes into this place and, and it's just the absolute opposite in every way. And um, I think I, I just really enjoyed the juxtaposition of that um, so much. She's just like not even willing to give it a chance. She's like, like here's just like an example of something she is actively trying to build herself, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a very um, technical way you know with like technology and and she's like you just can't even see it because she's just so disgusted so I yeah I think (laughs) something about that just really appealed to me Um, and I do like that you know when when given the chance like to read even though she's very hesitant she does sort of pick up and and in time she realizes like maybe you know she's not okay with books I think she I think Mona is really like an e-reader girl she's 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 an e-reader girl she's not a she's not a physical book girl but i i think she likes what they offer a lot but just maybe not the way that she's consuming them <laughs> i think i think she has a conversation with the book and again as that mm. the, the tree that gave its life she has like a kind of a conversation with with the book and the book is like i'm okay with this you know this is this is the purpose and I'm, I'm sharing knowledge. So I think she comes to the terms, but yes, definitely an e-reader or maybe an audio book listener. Yes. <laughs> there are several things here. I, I can't, I, I, for me, it'd be lamb, lamb chops. Okay. I get it that even if it was most ethically raised lamb, I just, it's the, it's the principle. I just can't get over it. I won't eat lamb chops. There yeah. we go. Is she? Uh, I understand books are good. Books are fine. It's can't can't hold a physical book. But yeah. For me, I love the physical aspects of books. I'm I'm like a hardcore audiobook person. Like I am an audiobook fanatic, and I still love the physical books. And mm-hmm. I I I still read them. I don't read them nearly as much as I listen to them these days. But my my library is still excessive. Yes. <laughs> like. It's a lot. (laughs) The other side of that was, I remember saying to you, and you actually even added it into the book a little bit. I remember saying to you when I read the library, saying, my God, what happened if she saw a zoo? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think so. And I I used a reference to that line. Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) It would just be horrifying to her. (laughs) So what would be wrong with the zoo? Like, again, let's 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 play let's play fantasy world with Mona here. What, yeah. What's wrong with the zoos? And then let's let's do the off the other side. Like let's be that that zoo animal that is telling Mona what zoos can do. So right. what was what's wrong with zoos in Mona's mind? I think in Mona's mind, she's looking at like the cages, and mm-hmm. you know, this leopard was made to be, you know 
on whatever such land and this sort of climate and like you know and and the elephant is made to be here like I'm, I'm sure she's thinking of like where whatever creature whatever animal whatever their natural habitat is and i'm sure she's thinking of like um, the impact on the environment what is the elephant that has the tusks and the the they're doing like the natural like water like irrigation Mm -hmm. you know what I'm, I know you know what I'm talking oh. about. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, I remember reading about this once upon a time and how, you know, as the elephants deplete in the wild, like we also see that impact on the environment yep. in the wild. And so I'm sure Mona would just be like, no, like this is happening and this is happening. And are you even getting the right food? Like, can you, you know, like, what about the impact of, um, I think of like the wolves in Yosemite and so like introducing them back or when they were gone and like, you know, and she would be sort of running through this list in her head of, uh, you know, and, and, you know, are you being, are you being cared for? Like you're, and, and you know, a human is, is, is touching you and caring for you. Like you, you know, you would be fine if you were in the wild and you had these things at your, you know, disposal. And yeah, I think she would be just like going through all these, all these ways that she worked really hard to like make sure that things I worked so hard to make a perfect environment for you animals. And now you're in a con human care those humans do this and so okay to be fair she's got a point <laughs> but, uh, like on those on those instances yeah this earth was created like the environment was created right you know like we'll use the elephants as an example they are they're a keystone species and not just because they create that irrigation like by creating the mud wallows or or digging up but being seed dispersal, you know, eating the, the, the food, clearing up the way, um, fertilizing the way, compacting the seeds down there, super important to the environment. And again, Mother Nature created that environment to need elephants. So she's got to yeah, be there, folks. She's going to be mad. I have, a, I have a friend who every time there's like a storm or something bad, he's like, you know, Mona's really pissed off right now. I don't know what I did. I'm like... Quit trashing her planet. <laughs> but again, they're on the other side of it. So she was infuriated with the with the books, what humans did to her trees. There is another side of it. So if you think we can again play play it back, like what do you yeah. think an elephant or a wolf or a um or a leopard might say to Mona in response? You can be as anthropomorphic as you want here. Yeah, I would have to be because, you know, it's Mona and she talks to animals and I talk back. <laughs> I would definitely, one of the animals would tell her about, um, you know, how they were injured. And if they were in the wild, they'd be dead. And, you know, they had an opportunity to rehabilitate or there would be a story about, I'm not going to be able to think of one off the top of my head, some kind of elephant or some sort of animal that is, you know, endangered and the way that we're able to, continue to have this species around was by breeding you know like it, it would be a lot of those kinds of conversations on the other side of things where you know this we might not have an opportunity with this animal or with having this species around anymore if it wasn't for things you know zoos and that kind of thing and so we would have that other side of the conversation and she would sit with it and go well but uh, you know, and, and she would have to like, it's that like that back and forth. And that's, that's one of the things I love about her so much is like her, 
immediate sort of like hate and 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 like just she's just, everything is so vile to her but then she's willing to sort of sit in it and listen and even if it takes her a while to process it you know she she is willing to listen to the other side of that i yeah i highly respect and i think beginning of mona's story she's only listening because she has to get through these emotions and she has to have this experience so that she can delete earth and when, <laughs> you know, just so she can get through it and delete earth but towards I, I you did a really great job of not really having a set point but throughout that she gradually starts listening to her friends and again she starts making friends not just one or two but like you know, the, the older couple, I say couple, two older late women who are really good friends, and, and then a very special guy, <laughs> and, 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 and his, his very young brother, Oliver, makes a really good connection with, and she starts making connections and learning more, and again, I think one thing I have to respect about Mona is that she was very brash, and again, she has this immediate emotion, like, and, you know, get a gut reaction, but then she listens to the other side. And again, there we go, folks. There's that life lesson. You can, you can be angry. You can feel, feel, feel the feelings that you have. If somebody makes you mad or uh, say, I'm going to say makes, okay, there's, there's terminology <laughs> here. Uh, but if you get mad at somebody or like, Again, you're looking at the world. You're seeing that it's hopeless. There's no, there's no way we can save it. Or some things are, you know, even at work, if there's a toxic work environment, how can we see things from the other's point of view? And and I'm not saying it's right to be working in a toxic work environment. And I'm not saying it's right that 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 whatever that person did that you are now angry at that they're in the right. But how? We look at the other point of view. There is another side to the story. There, there is another side. And so, what I respect about Mona is that she starts listening to the other side. And so, again, I'm playing that game with the zoo because so often I've um, my previous job, not so much of this job, previous job, I ran up against animal rights people all the time, all the time, and. I ignored them because they called me horrific things and they they didn't want to see my side of it either and I didn't want to see their side of it. But as I've learned through, again, this my growth, I stepped outside the zoo and I grew a lot. I, I, worked, I worked alongside, living on Woodby Island, I worked alongside a lot of people who were very much against certain animals in captivity and I got to know their story and I got to know what it is that um, from their point of view. So I worked with, uh, with uh, marine animals that many people in the Pacific Northwest do not, do not appreciate being in, in, uh, in human care. They are Mona. <laughs> and, um, but I have started listening to them and I don't 100% agree with them. So um, but I listened, and that's the important part is to, that's where you get the empathy. And so I hear what they're saying, and I, I understand where they're coming from. And I can use that now to be a better zookeeper, to be a better human being in, in general, and also to go around it again, 
another way of how to educate them. Okay, this is what your concern is. You've, you've got concern that they don't have enough space, that they aren't getting to do their natural behaviors. Okay, let me sit on that. And now here's, again, here's how I see it. And so again, thank you for that. I again, I, there's a lot of those moments where I, you got me thinking, mm -hmm. which takes a lot for me for a fiction book to get me thinking about how, how can I use this to, to make the world a better place? And you nailed the, you nailed Thank it. You. Thank you. That, that really means a lot, especially coming from you. <laughs> I knew coming into the book that she's sort of an anti-hero. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not very likable at first, <laughs> you know, and, and she's very set in her ways and she's very stubborn, but she does grow a lot. And even you know, by the end of the book, she's, it's not like she agrees with everyone, you know, she, but she's the, that willingness to sort of listen and that willingness to recognize that even though she doesn't agree with you, she can maybe own that she's not always right as well. And, you know, like being able to, I don't know, sort of come around and, and have those really hard conversations. And I, I, I love that. I love her growth. She makes me really yes. happy. Yes. <laughs> was was really remarkable and again it was uh, still natural it wasn't like uh she woke up one morning and then she suddenly understood everything <laughs> but uh um, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean you would do better than that anyways but <laughs> it, it was still a nice little progression of like okay she's building this relationship with oliver she's building this relationship with the older older ladies with ruby and then and you still had to slip in she grew in her relationship with, even though she was pitted against her sister, even though she was away from her sister for most of the story, she grew in her relationship and connection with her sister Penny also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think she had to grow as a person before she could grow closer to her sister. Yeah. You know, I, I think that was something, you know, I experienced with my own sister. Like, we, we weren't friends for most of our lives <laughs> and we really both had to grow as people before we could be friends before we could understand each other and even have you know the the ability to offer each other empathy and grace to be friends so i i really could relate on that level yeah i i think this is a, a great book um especially for for young adult so again you, you specialize in young adult but especially for the young adults that want to be kind of like introduced in a very imaginative, I thought it was just super imaginative, uh, the, the ideas and the problems that we are facing, but again, bringing it back to that hope. How can we, how can we address some of these things um, in, a, in a creative way? So I, I really, nice job. I love this book. Rona, is, uh, uh, where can folks get their copy? Uh, just about anywhere online you can get a paperback everywhere it is exclusive to amazon on ebook uh right now it might not continue that way but i i um right now it is on kindle unlimited for at least the next 90 days <laughs> all, those, all those monas out there you can get the ebook it's okay you just want to get the paperback <laughs> yes you can get the ebook um but the paperback is available as well everywhere paperbacks are sold you can uh order it from your local bookstore Ama amazing yes i have so <laughs> far yeah it's a it's really great 
Thank you. What else? What other things do you have? Again, folks. Again, Miranda is a busy, busy woman. What else do you have in store? What's What's coming forward in the future? Oh my goodness! I am. I'm in the middle of writing book two, uh, which I mentioned earlier for my dark YA fantasy, urban fantasy series. It's the Fountain of Youth series. So I'm in the middle of writing book two, uh, which is due out in like March of next year. Yes. And it's coming, it's coming along. Fantastic. I'm loving it. I've annoyed a few people uh <laughs> the ending is a little bit of a cliffhanger in book one and and so i've gotten lots of emails and phone calls and 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 even the reviews are you know like ah that cliffhanger <laughs> what the heck there better be book two <laughs> you know like, like there is there is and i'm not telling you you'll have to wait uh wait with everyone else so yeah and then i'm i'm working on a on a secret secret series it's, it's a very big series with someone first book if, if all goes as planned the first book will be out in june and i'll be announcing it come like about like march or april of next year i'll be able to announce it and talk about it and and it will be huge and very exciting but it'll be um the the hope is that we'll put the first two books out next year yeah so one in uh the beginning of summer and then one in fall as a book one and two yeah and there's also the possibility of us collaborating we, yes we've been we've been discussing that i would love to we both are again we both have busy lives there so we'll we'll that's our back burner but as again a hope of a collaboration between miranda and pj it'll be so much fun it would be amazing and i am very very excited at the prospect yes all right well Miranda, how can folks get connected with you? I am Miranda Levi, pretty much on all the socials. So if you look at Miranda Levi author, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, uh, also at MirandaLevi.com. All right. I'll have some of those links in the description down below. So uh, underneath this episode. So if you are wanting to get your copy of Mona, or again, any of those other books that we mentioned. Um, yeah, that is your chance. Perfect, nice, great, great stories. Again, <laughs> from a really, really great author. Ah, Miranda, so good to see you. This has been a pleasure. This is this whole, this has made me very happy. <laughs> And if you have stories yourself, again, we talked about the process of those stories. So if you have a story yourself, again, can reach out. Uh, I would love to talk to you. You can just share it on, on Zoom Notables, if nothing else. Or we can talk about how to get that story down, share it with the rest of the world. But again, thanks, Miranda, for coming out. And all right, guys, keep, keep on the feeling better, doing better. And uh, take care of yourself. Take care of the world. Thank you.